mad thing, mad thing. I'm in a field like Anglo-Saxon. Yes. Joke, man, don't ask my ranking. Nope. Still cool with the kiddies, no ramping. Killy. Cool kid, guys say I look handsome. <laughs> handsome, <laughs> handsome. <laughs> man, I lying on us about tantrums. Yo. Make a boy lay down, no planking. Mm. Make a boy lay down on my celly. Leave you on the deck like Mike Pantelli. TJ on the block, Spinelli. Jen out the pot, yeah, make a spaghetti. Little man on the wing, Martinelli. He was in the field trying to pop his cherry. Rock that steady, sound of the box on your marks, get ready. Southeast steps southwest, and now we like steps southeast. With Phineas, not Belgique, but with a mop discreet. Free TG, free T, stuck in a box, got a job complete. Four men are on that. What's happening, people? Welcome to episode 13 of M5 Vibes. I'm your host, Joanne. And today I've got a lot on my agenda to speak about. I've got the game against Leicester to talk about, a bit of Europa League action to discuss. So Libra Watch, two games to talk about with that. And also I'm going to do a little bit of a Burnley preview towards the end. So as always, before we get into the main action, follow me on socials at Yohanyo on Twitter and Instagram. Follow my brand accounts at Communicado.offy on Twitter, Communicado underscore official on Instagram. And also follow Outsiders Footy as well. Check them out on all their socials, their YouTube channel. So yeah. Keep the good vibes going. Let's get uh, let's get things rolling, really and truly. So yeah, let's get into the main action. So let's start off with a little bit of Europa League action now. Of course, we had that pulsating game out in Athens, beating Benfica three goals to two. Aubameyang with that late winner, sending us through to the round of sixteen. And wouldn't you know it? Who do we get in the draw for the next round? That's right, fucking Olympiacos again. Revenge season. Revenge has to be on the cards this time. Um, we can't go out to them again. That would be absolutely embarrassing and shameful, really. Especially given how the draw has opened up a bit now. Obviously, Manchester United got AC Milan. Tottenham got Dinamo Zagreb. Uh, most of the big teams avoided each other in this draw. So this is a big opportunity for us to go further in the Europa League, get to the quarterfinals, and maybe start eyeing up those latter stages. So, yeah. When we get closer to the tie, I'll preview it a bit more because I know Olympiacos are doing well in the Greek Super League at the moment. El Arabi's having another good season. So, yeah, we'll talk about that more when we get to it. But, yeah, that's just a little bit on the Europa League. So, now, what I've decided to do with Watch this week is obviously, I mentioned at the start, there's two games. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to break it up into two. So, next up, you're going to hear the first part of Watch. Alright, so one to Saliba Watch, and of course, I've got two games to talk about for you people. So, the first one was on Friday night against Ren. Friday night game, they won by two goals to one. I think Daniliuk scored the winner, I mean, Guiri scored the opener from the penalty spot, and in between, Martin Terrier scored. So, I'm going to talk about how the game went from a tactical perspective and how Saliba played in general. So, before the game started, when I saw the lineup, it looked a bit like Nice was switching to maybe a 5 3 2 or a 3 4 3 with maybe Kamara and uh, Danilioka's wing backs uh, and Soki playing with Tadibo and Saliba as part of a back three. But as it turned out, I was actually sticking with that 4 3 3 shape. Kamara was playing out on the wing. It was kind of like an asymmetric 4 4 2 of sorts, in a way. That's kind of what it looked like. Like Kamara was dropping in to help Soki at times. And Daniliuk was given a bit more license to, to roam forwards whenever he could with uh, Mao Lida and uh, Guiri kind of operating as a two 
Um, our leader kind of flowing from the right into the center. You get, you get, you get what I'm trying to say. So yeah, I think they started the game very well. Um, they had a few chances. Guiri had a shot that went just wide. As for Saliba, I think in, on occasion when he was getting the ball, I think Ren were doing a good job of closing down the defenders instantly, like they were trying to get him to Debo. Saliba was getting himself into a little bit of trouble, getting himself into some tight spaces at times. That's something I think he needs to eradicate. I think he holds onto the ball sometimes a little bit too long, but he was getting away with it. And yeah, I think overall, Nice were beating the press fairly comfortably, to be fair to them. And they got a penalty just under 10 minutes in when Badawi was brought down by uh, the Ren captain Da Silva. Of course, like I said, Guerri scored. Gomis probably should have saved the penalty. He went right under him or right through him, really. But yeah, after that, I thought for the first half, good half hour, Nice were really dominating the game. And uh, they were unlucky not to make it two, actually, when Maolida hit the post. But then after that, William Saliba, you have to you have to stop making these kind of errors. He tries like just a lazy switch of play. It comes straight out to Terrier. Schneiderlin should probably close him down. And then Terrier just goes and scores a banger. Benito has no chance in goal. Ren out of nowhere after being thoroughly outplayed in the opening half hour. Suddenly have a route back to the game at 1-1. And uh, you could see on Saliba's face that uh, he knew he'd made a bad, bad mistake. I think that's the first error leading to a goal he's made in his career. So it's just little things like that that he needs to get out of his game. He needs to not be so lax on the ball sometimes. But yeah, at halftime, it was 1-1. Towards the end of the half, Ren started to get a bit more of a foothold in the game. I think they were starting to come at uh, Nice a bit more. They were certainly pressing them more aggressively in the midfield. I think uh, Kamavinga, we were starting to see a lot more of him alongside uh, Benjamin Andre in midfield. But uh, still, without really creating too many substantial chances or clear-cut chances, shall I say. And then, yeah, Nice got the chance to regroup in the second half. And they scored, um, I think, it was again, within the opening 10 minutes was from a set-piece. And Danilio got on the end of a header. He flicked the header home, 2-1. And yeah, after that, it was just about seeing out the game from a Nice perspective. And I think they did a good job of defending Nice. They did, uh, they covered the wide spaces really well. I think they really shut down Kamavinga and his and restricted his influence on the game. And we saw that in the fact that they had, they had to take him off. Uh, Saliba, in general, I think he recovered well from that bad mistake. I think he looked a bit rattled. Him individually and Nice as a team, they looked a bit rattled after the equaliser, but they recovered and responded well in the second half. And overall, I think they thoroughly deserved the three points. So, ultimately, it was a good day at the office for Saliba, a game that he'll learn lessons from, even though I think on the whole, he generally played quite well. So, yeah, on the whole, good performance, but a bad mistake from Saliba. So, he just needs to learn from that. So... Yeah, let's get on to the game against Nîmes now. All right, so on to the game away at the King Power against Leicester. Sunday lunchtime kickoff midday. And it was an interesting one because coming off that emotional Europa League game, which took out, which took a lot out of the players, sorry. It was kind of uh, hard to predict how strong Mikel Arteta would go for this one considering that we're so far down in the league, we're quite away off the top four. Realistically, the Europa League is our best shot at Champions League football for next season, if we're indeed going to be in Europe next season. So 
I wasn't surprised to see that he made so many changes to the team. Of course, uh, Cedric came in for Bellerin. Pablo Mari came back in. El Nenny came in. Uh, Nicola Pepe came in. Uh, William came in. And also Lacazette came in. So quite a few changes for Arsenal. But to be fair, we got a very good result. We ended up winning the game by three goals to one. Pepe, Luis and Lacazette all scoring. And this is after Leicester took the lead. So let's get into the rundown of the game. So, yeah, I think we started slowly. Uh, I think we were struggling to really get to get through the game. And we conceded an early goal again. This time, six minutes in, Yuri Tiedemanns. Uh, Xhaka gives the ball away. Uh, Tiedemann just gets to run on uh, him and uh, William. He's able to just run clear of everyone. No one really closes him down. I don't know whether Elneny and Murray could have decided to do that between them, but they both hesitated and neither really tried to close him down. You can see Murray was hesitant too because he had Vardy just behind him and Elneny. I'm not sure what he's doing. He probably should. He's probably more at fault for the goal now that I've had time to reflect on it. But yeah. Tiedemans comes in, he gets the shot off, he scores. <clears throat> Apologies, people. And uh, Leicester are up 1-0 inside six minutes. And it's another sloppy start to the game, particularly away from home. And you feel the worst for Arsenal, because even though Leicester were missing James Madison and, Stu and had quite a few injuries like Dennis Pratt, uh, Wesley Fofana missing... Arsenal don't tend to do too well when they go a goal down. Indeed, the Southampton 3-1 win was the only time we'd come from behind to win a game this season in the Premier League. So, yeah. <clears throat> but credit to Arsenal. We grew into the game. Um, from the off, we tried to get forward a bit more. We tried to commit more bodies forward. Smith Rowe was, was trying to get on the ball. We almost had a penalty in the 12th minute, which got scared back. To a free kick, I think uh, Ndidi and uh, Tiedemans brought down Nicola Pepe in the box, but unfortunately, VAR deemed that uh, Ndidi's foul came first, and that one was just outside the area, so it was scaled back to a free kick, but um, I didn't deter us, we continued to get forward, um, we slowly got to grips in, in the game, and I feel like we started to slowly but surely turned the screw. We started creating a few half chances. I think uh, William probably had our best chance of the first half before the equaliser, which came just five minutes before the interval. It was a nice set-piece routine. William assisting Louise. Uh, William, William's ball in. Louise peels off uh, Castagna and heads into the back of the net, and it's 1-1, and it's, a good, it's good to equalise just before the break because I feel like Leicester hadn't really tested us too tough I think they would had a few pot shots at Leno I can think of the Harvey Barnes one I can think of the chance where Castagna put it in the box but aside from that they weren't really doing too much I feel like we were having relative control of the midfield I think Jack and Nenny were doing alright up against Ndidi and Tiedemans even though um they were still causing a bit a bit of a threat in transition particularly down their IR left hand side I think Ricardo and Castagna were trying to do a thing on Tierney but uh, the crosses into the box went too great. Yeah, Nacho and Vardy were struggling to get into the game. And yeah, right on half time, we got a penalty and Didi handball, clear handball. Don't know why it took VAR to look at that because it was very clear it was inside the box. But yeah, we got the penalty. Apologies, Lacazette puts it away. And we're going into half time with a 2 1 lead after going a goal down so early on. So it was a very good response from Arsenal. 
like I said, going into half with the lead, that was very nice. And at half time, I'm thinking we started sloppy. And I think overall, just a general point, we need to eradicate those early errors and start the game properly. But we grew into the game, man. I think we responded well to the setback. And we showed a lot more urgency and we were a lot more direct than we normally are when, when we're able to chase a game. So that was good to see. And yeah, second half starts. Um, Barnes has to come off really early with a serious injury. I think it's I think it's a hyperextension of the knee. So hopefully he gets better soon. That wasn't very nice to see. But yeah, we got the third soon afterwards. Martin Odegaard, who'd come off the bench for Smith Road, got injured. Nice combination play between him, Cedric, Lacazette, William, and Pepe. And eventually Pepe gets to tap in to make it 3-1. That's more or less game over because Leicester hadn't really been posing too many threats to us. I feel like we were in control of the game and it was about seeing it through. And to be fair, we did that. There was about a, a 10-15 minute spell in the second half where I feel like there was a bit of a lull in the game. But after that, we started to pick up the pace again. Of course, uh, Thomas Partey came on, got 25 minutes under his belt again. Bamian came off the bench. He could have scored. He almost scored, actually, just wide of uh, Schmeichel's far post. But, yeah, very comfortable performance. I think we dealt with Leicester's threats quite well. I think we dealt with their transitional threats. I don't think we gave Vardy and Iannaccio a sniff. I think we controlled... Uh, I think we did well to restrict the influence of Barnes and... Uh, Initially, Ricardo down the right, and then eventually Albrighton when he came on at halftime. I think we did a good job of dealing with their, with their wide threats. I think we really shut down Ndidi and Tielemans in the middle. I think Jacques Nanani and then Party when he came on, did a good job of doing that, controlling the game. And yeah, very comfortable performance from Arsenal. It's a good way to end a tricky week. Of course, we lost match to City last weekend. We got that crucial win against Benfica. And we got a win away at Leicester. So it's a good week for Arsenal. And especially given how good Leicester are doing in the league. They've been a top four team all season. I think they said this is our first win against a team sitting in the top three of the Premier League. Away from home since that Manchester City 2-0 win. So that's a very good win for us. Very good win. Especially given that we didn't play the likes of Aubameyang, Saka, Odegaard, Party, Gabriel. Mostly by choice. Some in force. But yeah. Very good performance. Let's get into the player range. So, Burn Leno in goal. I'm going to give him a six. Maybe he could have done a little better for Tiedemann's goal, but I think he was fine. Otherwise, the distribution was a bit iffy, but it's okay. Cedric, I was a bit confused about what to give him. I didn't know whether to give him a six or a seven. I think, overall, I'll give him a six. I don't want to gas him up too much, but I think he was very solid. I think um, he linked up well with Pepe down the right. And I think he, I think compared to Bellerin, he offers a lot more width, which I like. He seems to just work. He seems to just have a better understanding with Pepe down the flank. And I'll talk a bit more about that in my final thoughts about our, our shape, our setup, and all of that. How he restricted them. So yeah, Cedric gets a six. David Luiz, he got a goal, got the equaliser, which got us back into the game. I think uh, defensively it was very good too. So I'll give him an eight. Pablo Mari, I give him a seven. I think he maybe could have closed Tienemans down for the goal, but he was very good aside from that. And there was a moment in the second half at 3-1 where he was in a foot race with Vardy and managed to win it. So that was very nice to see. Uh, Kieran Tierney, he gets a seven. I think it was one of his quieter games, actually. I think he was a bit more active in the first half, but certainly he dealt uh, well with Ricardo Pereira and Castagna, particularly in the second half. 
Mohamed Elneny, again, I think he was partly to blame for Tienemann's goal, but he kept things ticking in over in midfield, came off after an hour, I'll give him a six. Granit Xhaka, I'll give him an eight. He was very good at that engine room. He was pinging the ball around. He was he was controlling the game. He was having a, he was having a, a jolly up in there alongside Tienemann's. So, yeah, I'll give him an eight. I think he was very good. Uh, Nicola Pepe, I also give him an eight. I think he deserved his goal. I think he tormented Luke Thomas in the first half. He had a, the poor lad had a tough time and he had to come off a half time. Brendan Rodgers had to save him because he was on the yellow and uh, Pepe was just twisting him up every single time. That's what I, that's what I want to see from Pepe consistently. And uh, he seems to have turned the corner recently, which is lovely to see, especially in the last month or two. So hopefully, well, long may this continue. So I'll give him an eight. Uh, Smithrow. Didn't really get in the game, to be fair. I'll give him a six. And he came off injury just before the break, so we didn't really get to see too much of him. Uh, William, I'll give him an eight as well. I think this was his best performance in an Arsenal shirt, to be honest. He got an assist. He was causing Leicester a lot of problems down the right-hand side. Well, down the left-hand side, sorry. He's very good at tight spaces. You can see that. You can see the quality he has. He was very important in the build-up for the penalty as well, with that driving run he made before eventually giving out to Granite Xhaka. So... I think I think uh, Williams actually a contender for man of the match in this game. To be fair, I think he couldn't easily be man of the match. Maybe you give it to Nicola Pepe for the goal. Maybe you give it to David Luiz for his performance at the back. It's a tough one to decide who's the man of the match, and I don't think I'm going to give one because I think it's just too hard. And finally, Alex Lacazette. Lacazette, sorry, he gets a seven. He was very important in our build-up play. Of course, his penalty right before the break made it two one, so he got a goal his first since uh, the end of January, I think. So yeah, I think the start. I think overall it was a very good team performance, and I don't think anyone did uh, badly at all, aside from maybe a few individual errors. So that was good. As for the subs, I give uh, Martin Odegaard. He was good when he came on. He was involved in the third goal, and involved in the second goal actually. Yeah, he was involved in both goals. He he was uh, we, he was on the pitch for. So he gets a seven. I thought he was very good. Thomas Partey came on for 25 minutes. I think he was very solid in midfield. Gave us a, give us a bit more energy. I give him a six. And finally, Aubameyang, he had a chance to score, but uh, realistically, he wasn't on the pitch long enough for me to give him a rating. So he gets uh, he would be NA. But yeah, final thoughts on the game. Um, I think that we continue to start games slowly and concede silly goals. We saw that again. Of course, conceding inside the opening 10 minutes again, conceding that goal in the sixth minute from Tiedemanns. We've done it Aston Villa, conceding after 75 seconds from Ollie Watkins. Manchester City last weekend, conceding inside two minutes. I mean, well, actually 90 seconds for that Raheem Sterling goal. Armstrong, when we were away at Southampton, conceding inside two, two, three minutes. We need to stop this. We need to start games properly. We need to be switched on. You know the rest. I don't need to keep talking about it. But uh, like I said, we can, we showed character and we responded well to the early setback. And overall, I think we dominated the game and deserved all three points. So I was very happy to, to see our game management as well. I think our game management was spot on in the second half. So that was good to see. I think... Um, we did a good job of uh, creating overloads with the fullbacks. Uh, Tierney and Cedric um, were getting forward a lot more, a lot more than we usually see our fullbacks getting forward, and that allowed William and Pepe to come inside, bit, do a bit more damage, come inside, pick up central positions, hold the width, and it forced Leicester. I think it's how we really disrupted Leicester's four-four-two shape because it forced them. Um, it allowed us to double up on their fullbacks. It, it it basically 
it generated enough space between the lines for us to get more players inside. We saw Erdegaard get on the ball quite a lot, especially in the second half. I think Xhaka and Elneny were having a bit too much time on the ball because they were being because the others were being occupied by the likes of Tierney, Cedric, Pepe, William. I think they were doing a good job with that, and that allowed Xhaka and Elneny to really control the game and party when it came on. What else do I want to say? Um, I think uh, recently we've done a good job. I know sometimes we kind of slip back into old habits and uh, old habits die hard with this Arsenal team. But like I said, we showed urgency on the ball. There was purpose in our play. We moved it quickly. And I do think we need to create... um, I do think we could get the ball into better shooting positions. I do think our players could get into better shooting positions. But overall, I'm happy with the way we moved the ball. And it was good to see the players that came in taking their opportunity for once. I'm looking at the likes of Pepe, William, uh, Lacazette to really come in and make their mark in this team because that's something I've been uh, quite critical of this season, that players coming in haven't really taken their opportunity, not really giving Arteta food for thought. So that was good to see. Um, as Of course, uh, I mentioned Harvey Barnes and his injury. It sounds like he'll be out for about six weeks minimum. So get well soon, my guy. And finally, I think with regards to the league and where we're going with the rest of the Premier League season, I still think the Europa League should be and rightly is the priority. And you can see that in the changes that we made. But of course, I want to win games. I'm an Arsenal fan. I want us to win every game. And I think... um. With the games we have coming up, of course, we've got Burnley coming up uh, next weekend, which I'll talk about towards the end. We need and we want to jump to generate some positive momentum, of course. After the Burnley game, we've got a Europa League again. We need to beat Olympiacos. We need to go far in the Europa League. We need to win the Europa League, really and truly. So, where we can, let's try and pick up as many points as we can. Let's see if we can maybe drag ourselves into the European race, maybe try and get top six. I don't know what if, we'll, if that's feasible if that's realistically possible but yeah it's, it's a good win for us it's a very good win away from home Leicester one Arsenal three they made my weekend it's been a very good week now let's try and uh, continue that momentum like I said let's try and get some more wins under our belt because who knows this uh these last two months will really define where we're going in the long term. So it's very important for us to get some wins under our belts. So yeah, very good win. Let's move on to the second part of Sadiba Watch. All right, so on to the second part of Saliba Watch. And this time it was a Wednesday evening kickoff up against Neem at home at the Allianz Riviera. Another 2-1 win, but I would say that uh, Neem will be a lot less happy with their performance in this game, well, in yesterday's game, compared to Friday night's game away at Ren. I thought uh, that uh, Neem largely had the better of the game, to be honest, and probably deserved more than they got, but uh, that's the way the cookie crumbles, so I'll get into a rundown of this game, so... To be fair, Nice actually started pretty well. They had a chance where, um, my man, what's his name? Uh, Claude Maurice, Alexis Claude Maurice gets in behind, but Reynet stops him. And then literally like a minute later, Nice take the lead. It's four minutes in. It's a long ball up from Schneiderlin. He comes up to Guriri, who traps the ball really well. He, he's able to come back inside a little bit fortuitously, but uh, he fires a shot into the near post. 
and Nice have the lead. This is the 11th league goal of the season for Amin Guriri and Otto. A bit of a dry patch uh, like around a month or so ago. He's really hit a hot streak. So that's 11 goals and five assists for him so far in his debut top flight campaign. And yeah, Nice were having a lot of control of the early stages. They were moving the ball around really nicely. I was enjoying watching Saliba and Tadiba bring the ball out from the back. In particular, Saliba was getting a lot of time and space on the ball. Nice were remaining very compact. They weren't really pressing too high. There were a few times where Kone tried to get in Saliba's face, but... Uh, he wasn't really doing it with any real conviction and uh, compared to Friday night when he saw Saliba make that mistake when he was trying to make play a long diagonal and it was under here and it came straight out to Terrier who unfortunately scored a banger from it I think Saliba's passing was a lot crisper I think uh, his passes were a lot uh, they had a lot more purchase on them they weren't being under here and yeah, we saw one in particular, a very nice diagonal up to uh, Yusuf Atal, like almost a 20-minute mark. And um, if Atal's cross was better, they maybe could have fashioned a chance out from it. But uh, yeah, 25 minutes in is where we really... The first sign that Nim was starting to wake up a little bit, uh, Kone, who I mentioned previously, he gets in behind Saliba and Tadibo a little too easily. I think their positioning, both of them, was a little bit suspect. But uh, fortunately for Nice, he lacked that composure from the goal and he ended up blazing over the bar. Uh, half hour mark, uh, Saliba made two very important blocks to deny Kone from scoring. The first one was... Um, Basically, it's kind of like, um, I think it's Ferhat that plays a ball, a long ball up to it. Um, uh, to be fair to Kone, he holds it up well and then he tries to turn Saliba. Fortunately, Saliba is strong in that scenario. He manages to just about muscle him and get the interception in and then Ferhat, and then, sorry, then he blocks Ferhat's shot. The ball comes out back to Benra, who gets it back to Ferhat and Saliba blocks the second shot. So that was two, three, if you want to call it, good pieces from good pieces of defending from Saliba in that phase of play. So that was lovely to see. And yeah, up until half time, I think um I think the tide was starting to turn before the break. And in the second half, it really, really started to turn. I think Neem were by far the better side in the second half. Like I said, they got their equaliser pretty early into the second period too. It was uh, from a corner, another set-piece goal conceded from Neem, technically. It was a short corner, which I don't think... Um, uh, what's my man's name? Um, I think Guiri and uh, Claude Maurice could have defended better because you were both uh, marking them, trying to stop the, the overload. They didn't really defend it well. The first header from Ripa was saved well by Benitez, but uh, Landre, who got ahead of uh, Tadibo, who was his man, he won the second header, and he ended up scoring into the back of the net, 1-1. And from then on, I think Neem had the better of the second half, really. And truly, I think they were starting to play pressure on. Sorry, they were starting to put more pressure on. What I liked about Neem in the second half is that they were a lot more incisive, penetrative, penetrative sorry, a lot more direct. They were really starting to draw... Well, they were trying to draw Saliba and Tadibo out of position every now and then. and But to be fair, I think Saliba especially was being very commanding and dealing with it, with it very well. And you can see Tadibo, he was being really fancy, getting himself out of tricky situations. You saw one where he plays a... Where he does sort of a roulette to get himself out of trouble and then plays a long pass to start a counter. That was very nice. 
But yeah, like I said, Neem were having the better of the second half. To be fair, Nice did hit the post at some point. It was just after the after the hour mark. Is Amin Guiri hits the far post with a shot, a curling shot. It didn't look like it was going in, but ended up curling in just at the last and hits the post. To be fair, the Neem hit the bar as well. Eliasson off the bench. He literally just come off the bench. Actually, literally like two minutes off the bench. It was almost a shot out of nothing. He just decided to have a pop. And uh, I don't know if Benitez got maybe a little fingertip on it. And if he did, then it, it was very crucial because he ended up just hitting the bar and bouncing on the line and not going in. So that was lucky for Nice to not go go behind. And yeah, Nice did get the winner with about 13 minutes remaining. It was from Alexis Claude Maurice getting his first goal of the season. It was uh, Mao Leader getting in behind after being set through by Lotomba. He puts the cross in. Burner doesn't really defend it well. It comes straight back out to Alexis Kudmaris. He's got a bit of work to do, in fairness, but uh, he fires a shot into the far corner to give Nice the lead 2-1. I don't think they particularly deserved it on the balance of play. I don't think their play particularly merited a winner, but it is what it is. I think from then on, Neem really, really started to put pressure on and you wouldn't have begrudged them if, you wouldn't have begrudged anything if they'd managed to get an equaliser that they probably deserved. There was an incident in injury time where Eliasson almost scored after Saliba and Benitez um, kind of got in each other's way a little bit and uh, Benitez ended up being caught in no man's land. He didn't win the ball and Eliasson, I think it's his weaker foot and he, and he saw that he ended up firing the shot. It was kind of an open goal, not really an open goal. I think someone would have got back to block it on the line, but... Yeah, he fired a shot into the side netting and that was really the last big chance of the game. So overall, listen, two wins from two this week in two tricky games, I thought. Ren, definitely a difficult opponent away from home, especially with the young guys, the quality that they have in the team, the likes of Kamavinga, Doku, Benjamin Andre in midfield, Girassi up front, who caused Saliba a load of problems. And Neem, who certainly took the game to Nice, I thought. Yeah, two tricky games, but overall, six points out of six, two wins from two. I think they'll be happy with that. Probably not the performance against Nîm, particularly, and maybe the mistakes that they made against Ren that made it uh, the game harder than it needed to be. But, uh, yeah, overall, when it comes to Willow, um, I don't think Nice win the game, personally, yesterday, if him and Tadibo aren't switched on, personally. So, it was good to see Saliba putting in another strong performance. So, yeah. Lovely to see that. Hopefully he can continue this form. He showed good he showed good mental strength and resilience to bounce back from his error against Ren on Friday night. So yeah, hopefully he can continue this and continue to rough out the edges in his game. So yeah, that's all from me on that. Let's get into the final part of this pod, which will be the Burnley against Arsenal preview. Alright, so to end this pod, a short tactical preview of Burnley against Arsenal. If you want to hear more about this game, listen to the N5 Vibes Roundtable podcast, which should be out tomorrow, which we'll talk about it. I'll talk about it with the guys, as per usual. So, yeah, I'll be talking about it a bit more there. But uh, with regards to some stats, well, of course, they beat us 1-0 at home. That's the first time we've lost them in the Premier League era. We are unbeaten at Turf Moor in the Premier League era. We haven't won a Saturday lunchtime kickoff since the opening day against Fulham, which proves that typically Arsenal are not really switched on early in the morning. I know we won 3-1 at Leicester, but typically, you know what I mean. So, yeah. As for some tactical notes, uh, well, I mean, 
please be switched on from the off. I mean, we've conceded in the opening 10 minutes of four of our last six games, for fuck's sake. So, can you not get the hint by now that you need to start games properly? I mean, recently, in terms of set pieces and specifically defending set pieces, I feel like we've become a lot more vulnerable defending them. We give up a lot of chances. I can think of the one in the last game where we, um, where Ian Nacho probably should have scored right. Ian actually just blazed it over the bar when it came straight out to him. Alusada was picked up by him, blazed over Leno, over the bar. And Burnley, we we don't need to we don't need any reminders about Burnley. They thrive off set pieces, so don't give them those. Uh, in the home game, I feel like we created a few good chances, but we didn't take them. So our finishing needs to be uh, on it. Uh, if a Bamiang starts, I don't want to see him missing fucking sitters. And uh, yeah, they're going to be missing Ashley Barnes in this game. He's injured. Goodmanson's injured. I think Brady's injured as well. So we need to watch uh, Chris Wood, uh, James Rodriguez. Not James Rodriguez. Uh, Jay Rodriguez, sorry. And don't let them peel away from our centre-backs, whoever they may be. I'm not sure who we're going to start in this game, really, given the fact that we got Europa League just after us. So I don't know if we'll go full strength or not. And yeah, we're not the best at defending crosses, to be honest with you. So don't allow uh, Dwight McNeil to wreak havoc. So that's all I have to say from a tactical perspective. Just a little uh, Easter eggs for you guys. So yeah, let's go with my predicted 11. And... It's a tough one to predict, but I feel like uh, we want to give some players minutes. And overall, there's still enough time to go before the game. So I feel like we'll probably go strong-ish. So I'm going to go with Ben Lennon in goal. Of course, our number one. Uh, Hector Bellerin is probably going to come in back in at right back for me, even though Cedric played well. We could maybe start Cedric. I don't know what um, Arteta is going to do in this game. Uh, I'm going to stick with Louise and Murray together at the back. I feel like, uh, especially given the aerial threats that uh, Burnley pose, that Burnley have, like me, Tarkovsky, um, what's my man's name? Uh, Chris Wood, like I said. they got a lot of tall players, so I feel like Murray can deal with the physical side. Well, the, yeah, certainly the physical aerial side to Burnley's game. And David Louise alongside him, a good compliment. Uh, left back, of course, Kieran Tierney. Unless you want to rest him for Thursday and bring in uh, Cedric there. Midfield, it's a tough one, but I'm going to go with Thomas Partey because I want to give him an hour in this game before Thursday. So I'm going to go with Partey and Xhaka in midfield. Uh, Bakayo Saka will come back in. Yeah, he had a good rest. He didn't play against Leicester, didn't play any part, which is good. So he'll probably come back in for this game. I'm assuming Smith-Rowe will maybe be saved for Thursday, so I'm going to go with Martin Odegaard in the 10. Uh, left, I'm going to go with Nicola Pepe. I think he deserves to start again after his good performance. I could have maybe put Willie in there, but depends what I wants to go with. And up front, I'm going to go with Aubameyang, even though Lacazette played well. I still think that uh, the, the space that you can get against them, I don't think it's necessarily a game for Lacazette, so I'm going to go with Aubameyang up front. So, yeah, my thoughts going into this game. Of course, we want to keep our positive momentum going into the Olympiacos game uh, next week. Can we get Thomas Party some more match fitness? Can we get him an hour, like I said, which is why I put him in my, in my predicted 11? And just a general point, I don't want to see us start in another game poorly. I don't want us to be... I don't want Burnley to get a corner inside the first minute and then be fucking scoring off it. No, I don't want to see that. I want to see us start the game strongly. 
and hopefully get a few goals, put Burnley to the sword, or just primarily just win the game, man, because I'm so sick and tired of, of this inconsistent shit form. So, yeah, hopefully we can go to Turf Moor on Saturday uh, lunchtime and get all three points over there. But, uh, yeah, that's all from me. That's all from me this week. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Like I said, uh, check out the N55's Roundtable podcast, which should be coming out on... Uh, no, sorry, it should be coming out tomorrow, actually. So, yeah, check out for that. And, uh, yeah, you're getting this on my birthday. So, y'all be, y'all better be wishing me happy birthday and that. So, yeah, more life to me. So, yeah, that's all from me, people. I'm going to get out of here, really and truly. So, yeah, like I said, as always, follow me on socials at Johanio on Twitter and Instagram. Follow the brand accounts, you know, the rest, Redditor. And, uh, yeah, I'm out, people. Peace. South East, step south west, and now we like step south east. With Phineas, not Belgique. Bop with a mop discreet. 3TG, 3T, stuck in a box, got a job complete.